Oye, te habla tío Sabio Vega. This is Sabio Vega and you watching True Heel Hit a mi manera o para calle. Hey everybody, it's Tony Schiavone of All Elite Wrestling and this is True Heel Heat. And I said it right, you motherfuckers. Hello, hello, hello. It is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom, SP3. We are live on the True Hill Heat YouTube and Facebook for our AEW All Out 2023 preview. Just one week after the biggest wrestling event in history, we are going to be in the United Center for one of AEW's biggest events of the year. I am joined by one of my absolute favorites, someone who was a part of the historic 81,000 in attendance at Wembley Stadium last week for AEW All In. We've had him here on the channel a bunch talking about AEW, Ring of Honor, and the such. He is the president of Brit Wrestling because he was on the grounds. And he, you hear him over at Post Wrestling and the Gravel Podcast. It is Benno. What's up, Benno? Hey, SB3. Good to be here. Yeah, I was just saying to you off air, unfortunately, uh, me and everybody else, I think I met at All In, is, uh, is currently sick. I think it's uh, something's going wrong. Hard the AEW roster I've got it. I bumped into Brian Alvarez at one point. Apparently, he's got COVID, so hopefully it's not that. Um, but yeah, everyone, it's one of them, you get 80,000 wrestling fans in one place. What do you think is going to happen? I mean, we were trying to hand out like deodorants and stuff at our live show we did on uh, on All In Day. I don't know if it was... I mean, our listeners are very nice, so it's not really their yeah. problem, but... I'm not sure it was uh, it was taken up hygiene for wrestling fans. It's not the best, and yeah, get that many of us together, and it's no wonder that we've all uh, we've all come home with the flu. But all out's gonna cheer me up, I think. Maybe we can talk about that. <laughs> I, I I I think that I, I'm like I, I was thinking about it more as I'm starting this uh, this preview here. I think because of the low expectations. It's gonna mm. over it's gonna over deliver on the expectations, but it's not. This is not the card we expect from all out no. every year. I mean, that's the thing. I think it's, I've been cursed in two ways. I think I've been, somebody's planted something to make me sick for all the complaining I did about the uh, <laughs> the building to all in. And then after all that complaining about all in, I'm being told, you know, you Brits don't know what you're getting. You should, you should be excited. And then we went and we had the fucking, and we'll get into it, an amazing day. It was, uh, it was, it was all. The best wrestlers in the world went out there and had great wrestling matches, which is always going to be true uh, with AEW. But, I mean, us Brits were doing all that complaining about that card, and then this happened to Chicago, so we don't feel so bad anymore, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> it is what it is. You're like, you're like we got we got the the, the, the better end of the stick, so oh, we had man. nothing We were to calling complain. our show The Road to All Out. That's what we were saying. We were like, uh, Tony Khan hates the UK, he loves Chicago, they get everything. No, they fucking don't. <laughs> <laughs> not based on what's nope. happening here. Nope. Um, I, I literally said, because we do the data by review every week, and I said the all-in go-home show was probably one of their best go-home shows they ever did. And then they mm. followed up with one of their worst go-home shows they've ever did. As far as mm. making me hype for a pay-per-view, I came out of Wednesday less excited about being in Chicago. Oh, man. It's just ridiculous. It's like... Uh... Tony Khan's on conference calls, though, still, still telling people, no, every, I'm going to do this every year. Two pay-per-views in a row. What, what could go wrong? Turns out everything. COVID, CM Punk has put people in face locks. Like, like <laughs> maybe you can't you... account for some of these things, but, like, still, you give yourself a week between pay-per-views, you're kind of opening yourself up to this shit. 
you you have now given me my new moniker for Phil Brooks. He is now Randy Marsh for me. He is he is, he is Randy Marsh. Like when you put that gif up this morning, the book is Randy Marsh. I was like, yes, every says verbiage, every verbiage we hear about the stories, like yeah. it's it's legitimate. And I shirt off, wanna go? It, like that's put that's Phil. <laughs> I've been saying it, and it fits because I've been saying it all week that this man ten years ago stood in the ring with Hollywood mm. megastar Dwayne the Rock Johnson and said, "Your arms are too short to box with God." And ten years <laughs> later, Dylan McKay's kid and Dolph Ziggler's little brother can box with God. There you go. That's it. He, he opens himself up to it, though. It's like I, I love CM Punk. I'll defend him to the end of the I know, year. Like, I know. Sometimes he makes it hard. Sometimes he makes it really fun. But that. But then again, when it's Jack Perry on the other side, I'm like, I don't know if you saw it today. Jack Perry's version of events came out. And it was like, yeah. No, it still sounds like you got punk. To be honest, like he's told the story in the best possible way he can. And he still got punked by CM Punk at the end of it. So, you know, he might be fighting kids 20 years younger than him, but he's still winning. Maybe that's a win. I don't know. <laughs> he's like, he's like, he's like, I should I should have known. I could have I could have went after Mickey Gall like 10 years prior to when I was in the cage with him. <laughs> Oh, man. But yes, we're going to talk about AEW All Out this Sunday at the United Center. We want to thank you all. If you're joining us live, you're watching us on demand. We appreciate y'all for joining us. Show that appreciation back by the simplest way possible. Drop the thumbs up on this video. Share this video with all your wrestling fans, friends, and family on all your favorite social media platforms. If you're new to the True Hill Heat YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. Hit the bell to stay notified for all the great content here. And of course, you can sound off in the live chat. Let us know what you think about AEW All Out. Give us your predictions. And of course, if you're feeling generous, you can send a super chat donation. We always appreciate that. Helps out the channel, helps out the contributors so, so much. We got Kaza in the chat who says, Hi from UK. Hello, hello. We got Frantic World that says, what's up, guys, in chat. We got Caden who says he's just in Chicago and about to head to Mindy's. So excited. Gotta be there. Steph tried to go to Mindy's last time she was in Chicago and they were sold out at like 1 p.m. So, you know, they go warning. If you're gonna go SP3, go in the morning, go early. All right. See, this is this is why I need this is pro tips by Benno. <laughs> uh, we got Chase who says AEW Dynamite felt like uh when you know it's the end of the week of a long work week and everyone was mentally checked out. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it really felt like that. It really did. Um, but like I said, to start us off before we even get into any other matches, kind of go over kind of your live experience live. Because honestly, I will say I wasn't able to, you know, I wanted to tweet it out. But mm -hmm. honestly, the best thing about All In for me is knowing that my friends like you, you know, Steph, Alex McCarthy, the WrestleTalk guys sat, mm -hmm. they were able to go and have that feeling that I had five years ago at All In when I went to Chicago and I just when I walked in the building at the Sears Center, it just felt like I was I was experiencing something special. I was a part of history as soon as I walked in the door and I was walking to my chair. How did you get that feeling at all in and overall your all thoughts on that weekend? Oh, totally. Like I think going into it, I was the leader of the uh, the Brits complaining about the build, and it was the complaints were never about the matches or the wrestlers. It was always just you know we were six weeks out, and it was like. Do we have a plan here? And then we were four weeks out, and it was like, are we going to announce some matches? And then we were two weeks out, and then it was just like, ah, fuck. Kenny Omega gets attacked backstage. Now that's a match. And it was, you know, I think we can all agree, no matter how good the card ended up, 
you know, the build, you know, for the biggest wrestling show ever wasn't quite there. And that was the thing, I think, is Brits. And, you know, the, the Brits in the chat have probably agree. We we know what Wembley means. And I think we knew that, like, no matter what, this was going to, this was the biggest wrestling show ever. This isn't, I even heard some people refer to this. Oh, it's kind of like a Saudi show. No, Wembley Stadium is, like, heaped in history. You know, it's it's going to be the best attendance ever. It's going to be the best crowd ever, like you say. Like, all of these things were going to come together. And all we ever wanted was just, you know, a build and a card that suited that. And then the day that, like, me and Steph went up on the Wednesday. So we were in London very early. And we just went to just go look at Wembley. And we walked around and we saw, like, you know, the, the screens were on the outside with the advertisements and just took in the scale of the place, and that's when it first hit. No matter how much we'd argue about it and be like, no, guys, you don't understand how big this is. don't think we even understood. Because when you're there, and I've been to Wembley before for football, and you realise, like, wow, this is Wembley Stadium. There's going to be 80,000 wrestling fans. And not just wrestling fans, AEW fans, not WWE fans. Like, an entirely new company is going to put 80,000 people in this building. That's when it first hit us. And then on the day, like you say, that special feeling you got at the, the first all and you couldn't help but feel it. And it was just, you know, it was it was awesome to be there with the, with the crazy crowd and, you know, plenty of good matches on the day as well. But it was more that it was the experience of being there and it feeling, you know, but like that history and that importance of it, like can't, can't be hard to be topped, you know, to, to, to ever beat it. Like as far as an experience um, going to a show again, it was a, Awesome weekend. We were at Rev Pro on the Saturday as well. My yeah. podcast had a live and, show on the Sunday. And so. that one, that one felt like takeover before a mania, like the mm, Rev Pro yep. show. Watching it, watching it back, and I, I can only imagine being there live. Like the energy mm. just felt like a takeover. Yeah, that's what it was like, and that's the thing. Our fans are always going to be like that. I think that's the that was the guarantee. You know, I think I'm quite critical of Tony Khan as a booker, and I think you know he's. I'm never book critical of him as a matchmaker necessarily but as a booker yeah. i've definitely got my issues with him but he's assembled the greatest wrestling roster probably in the history of wrestling so like you really you know you could have put any combination of those guys on that card and they would have killed it especially in front of this crowd it's always gonna gonna elevate things but like yeah it still exceeded my expectations and like the biggest thing i was just so glad when i got it was on itv4 last night on tv over here so that's wow. like available free to wear across the entire country and just watching that back and seeing oh for once, AW actually nailed the production as well. It looked good. You could see yeah. that it was a stadium show and they had some wide shots and there's still the AW production staff is that they'll do. But the yes. overall yeah. spectacle, I think, I think you guys at home kind of got to feel it as well, like how special that was. And you know, I, I was I didn't expect them to to to, to you know to shift eighty thousand to ninety thousand tickets the first time. Who knows what they'll do, you know, when they come back, but there's no wonder why they've announced they're gonna come back next year. Yeah, yeah, it, it was a no-brainer to do that. And really, it's it's like, if they do anything over 50,000, I think a lot of people will be surprised. Like, mm. <laughs> they, can, they can come back and get smaller, but it will still feel like a big show. But uh, oh, mm. one last question, what was your match of the night? Ah, you know what I'm gonna say. I've got the belt in the back, haven't I? Um, it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be Punk and Joe. <laughs> I would, that that was one for the sickos. That was a match made for me. Um, so obviously that I think for me, I actually really enjoyed. Um, actually more so when I watched it back than in the arena. Weirdly, the stadium stampede match that was a lot of fun. Yes. I think live it was actually quite hard to follow in a big stadium like that. But when I got home and watched it, 
that'd probably be my number two. Like I saw the um, yeah. Dave Meltzer star ratings come out today, and I'm not normally someone who will, uh, will argue with Big Dave over star ratings, but I felt like he had things in reverse for me because I think he only gave Punk and Joe three and a half. He went quite yes, low he on did. That they were my favorites. I was like, like genuinely, I was like, I was like, you are hating. That's above mm. four stars at the very least. Yeah. At the very least, like I gave that four and a quarter. Like I, like mm. I, I, I've been, I've been using today's all-in star raising as my campaign for people to start looking at my star ratings and not Dave's. Mine is a lot more <laughs> accurate. I didn't give Osprey and Shingo five stars. I feel like Dave, anytime he sees Osprey and Shingo in the ring, he just closes his eyes Absolutely. before the bell rings and says. Five stars. That He's wasn't even the best match of the night. Luke Jacobs and Ishii was the and match Ishii. of the night. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. By far, oh. that was that was honestly. It's between that and I really enjoyed FTR and the Young Bucks because it felt like the, for the first time Young Bucks had a match that actually escalated and it, it ended at the peak instead of starting at the peak and then stretching out the peak till the end. That's what the Young Bucks usually do. It felt like that was more of a crescendo to the end. So I love that one. But Ishii and Jacobs, I would not argue with anyone. It's so fucking cool to hear, to hear like you, someone I respect in the media from not, not the UK, talk about Luke Jacobs. Like, we've been watching that guy wrestle since he was, like, 15. Like, I, and it's all... He's a... It's the perfect time for him to, to get that match and worldwide. Like me and the other like Brit Res fans you mentioned before, we're just all like proud dads now. Like we just want to see him kick. We want to see that guy in New Japan. That's the match of the weekend, though. Yeah, Dave should have gone five yeah. on that. Never mind. Uh, Shingo and Oscar. What what are we doing, Dave? What are we doing? Mm. And Steph Chase is in the chat. What's up, Steph? Hey, I Steph. see you're in the chat. We got to get you back on the, the channel, Steph. It's been too long. I think it's been like two years since we had Steph uh, on really? the channel. Because she's always traveling. She's always going. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, well, she was smart because she was supposed to go to this. And it was like yeah. the day she was going to fly out. So we were in London. Um, was the day all the planes got grounded in London. So everyone got stuck at the airport for 12 hours. And then this card happened. Yeah. So... I don't think she's missing out. I think she's doing all right. I think it was a good call to not go. She's fine. <laughs> she is fine. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, she's I've got nice things to say about the cards as well. It's not going to be a complete burial. Um, we've got to get our but, shots in. We've got to get them in. So. But, but we are going to get our shots in on Dave's star ratings because Stephanie mm. says no comment on Dave's dodgy star ratings. Like, absolutely. Absolutely. I was just looking at these. I was like, no, no, Dave. Yeah. No, David. What are we? Osprey and Jericho is not the same rating as FTR and the Bucks. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, yeah. David. It's not. You introduce Chris Jericho, Edge, Randy Orton, or a ladder into a match, and Dave's going five minimum. Like he knows straight away. That's all he needs to know. That's all. Or Osprey. That's the new one, isn't it? For. I was like, I was like, how can you see Chris Jericho try an os cutter and give that match four and three quarter star? <laughs> he tried, yeah. He tried. He tried. <laughs> but let's get into the actual card for this weekend, mm. this Sunday, the United Center. And we're gonna go right to the matchup that I feel like has had the most concentrated build going into this, as they've been really building this over on collision. It's the battle of the big beefy men, the battle for redemption. As the Redeemer Miro goes one on one with Powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, Miro made his comeback on the premiere episode of Collision. And then a few weeks later, he said, A big fight is coming. And as soon as he said that, I was like, Powerhouse Hobbs. Then we started seeing the teases that Hobbs was coming. And then he finally called him out, saying that his next chapter of the book of Hobbs is the book of redemption, calling out Miro, challenging him for all out. Miro says that he's going to make him. He, Hobbs God from here on out after all out who walks out of this and what have you thought about the build up to this match 
Yeah, this was a weird one. So when we were um, we were walking to Wembley and we thought we were really early because like pre-show starts at five. It was like four thirty, and I heard cheers. And it was like, what's going on in Wembley? Like, what? And then I got in and found or saw on my phone that like they were doing the pull apart or the contract sign or whatever the, you know the angle was with uh, with Miro. And it, it was just like, ah, oh, that guy gets no luck. Every WrestleMania he was ever on, apart from the Cena one, he was he was out there before all the crowd got in. So like. Yeah, that was really weird, wasn't it? Like they did that last minute angle in front of uh, the zero hour uh, crowds. But yeah, I mean, it could, it, like a lot of things, I think, on this card and all in, it's, it's, it's a little undercooked. It's a match I absolutely yeah. want to see. Um, I love Powerhouse Hobbs. He's a guy who, you know, I feel like they've done a decent rebuilding job on Collision Forum. It's like he's not quite out of the QT Marshall verse, but. He's mostly out of it, so that's good. I imagine there'll be shenanigans. Um, Miro, I just want to see more of him. Um, maybe after the Punk thing, we might not see more of him, depending on uh, on how, how the things fall uh, with that. But I would like to see that guy get more wins and be on TV. So I think if we are going with Miro, I think I'd go with Miro to win. Um, I think this is a, this is a, it's a lose-lose. I don't think you want either of these guys to lose a match, especially against someone who's pretty much an equal on the roster at this point. But there's something about Powerhouse Hobbs where I kind of feel like he could probably take the loss, could beat up some QT Marshall goons and kind of get his heat back afterwards, whereas Miro just feels kind of ice-cold, really. And, yeah, we need to get going with that guy. Yeah, I don't remember the last time Miro had a big win. So mm. it definitely he needs this more than Hobbs. So I agree with you. I'm going with Miro on this one. And I feel like this loss may lead to kind of some progression in this whole story with QT mm. Marshall and Powerhouse Hobbs. And maybe Powerhouse Hobbs turns babyface. You think that might be in the ledger for him? Gotta be. Gotta be the plan. Like, I, I don't know why it hasn't happened already. I think the, the, the week they put him with QT Marshall and those guys, he should attend on the week after. Like, that should be over. But, yeah, I think we're getting there. Whether it's a long-term babyface run or just, like, a, a one-off to separate from the group, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, yeah a, a straight-up separation would be the best thing for him at this point. It's kind of like Austin at WrestleMania 17. He should have stunned mm. Vince after Vince helped him. It's like oh, he, like Mark Hobbs should have tossed QT off the stage after he helped him win the team. That main yeah. event of the Dynamite. Remember that? Was it what was it after yes. Revolution? Like it, yes, was, a, it was the Dynamite after Revolution. The last ten minutes for QT Marshall celebrating. <laughs> what? Oh man, what are you doing? And everybody was so high on that pay per view, and then they did that on Dynamite after. Why did they do that wow. after all their great pay per views? They do that to us. That's AEW. AEW for you. This one, uh, we can say kind of the build, quote unquote, started at Supercard of Honor when Katsusori Shibata defeated Wheeler Yuta for the Pure Championship. Uh, we had a stare down with all four men to end Supercard of Honor. And now some five months later, we get this tag team matchup. It's going to be Eddie Kingston, the New Japan Strong Openweight Champion, teaming up with the Ring of Honor Pure Champion Katsusori Shibata to verse the Blackpool Combat Club's Wheeler Yuta and Ring of Honor World Champion Claudio Castanoli. This is just a latest uh, edition of the Eddie Kingston versus Claudio Castanoli rivalry. Of course, Eddie was on the winning side of Stadium Stampede against the Blackpool Combat Club at All In, but who walks out the winner this Sunday? I would assume Kingston. I've got this match kind of sums this card up for me though. Like I just I'm sure this will be a good match. And like you say, there is history there, but history in a way that this will be a great it's gonna be a great match either way. I'm not saying anything negative about the match. It'll, it might even break the four-star barrier, but it feels like a dynamite main event. 
it doesn't yes. feel like something that should be on the pay-per-view. And I get that, I think, reading between the lines, we're waiting for Kingston to beat Claudio for the belt, presumably for Arthur Ashe. That would be my yeah. guess. They're going to do that. And we've all been saying that, haven't we, yourself as well? Eddie Kingston needs a big win in New York. Like, I get it. But I don't know. When the chips are down and this pay-per-view is in such disarray, would, would it would have been hard to just give Kingston a single... Do sing a singles match here, Kingston and Claudio here. I don't know what the finish would be, but like this pay-per-view really needed something, I felt like. And even Kingston and Mox, like when's that match going to happen? Like if, if if we're waiting for Arthur Ashe for, for, for Claudio, then what pay-per-view? Are we waiting for full gear for Kingston and, and Mox? Just feels like bad planning. And it feels like even if you don't blame the bad planning, you blame the circumstances and losing Punk and losing other matches from this card. I just feel like this is one where I think they should have ripped up the script and gone, we're just going to go with it. Claudio and Kingston happens on this pay-per-view. That's, you know, again, knowing it's going to be a good match, I felt like that would have more stakes, I think, than this. This is going to, does it really matter who wins and loses? Not really. It's a road to a bigger match for me. Yeah, this feels like a great matchup to have on a Ring of Honor pay-per-view, but it mm. feels like a dynamite match on this pay-per-view. And I, I think also people need to realize that all out historically and a lot of people's eyes has been AEW's biggest pay-per-view. So the fact that this has haphazardly been put together, it does not help the overall card. And I agree with you. I thought that the right move was to basically give Claudio and Kingston the acclaim swerve in our glory booking of title match at all out where the champions yeah. retain basically barely leading to the rematch at Arthur Ashe Stadium. You could put a stipulation on it. You could put Eddie putting up the New Japan Strong Openweight Championship against the Ring of Honor World Championship. If you want to do something like that or his career, who, who you could do it any two ways, but I agree that this card probably needed Kingston and Claudio one-on-one -on -one here. What, what I know a scoop for how messy this card is, I know somebody was backstage at All In, and they told me that Tony Khan bumped into Shibata, who was there because he was on the Rev Pro show. And was like, oh, Shibata, uh, yeah, we should probably have you more in America. When, when when can you come back? And he said next week. And then they made this match. Like that's that's a shoot. Somebody witnessed that happen. <laughs> like that's how we're booking these days, week to week. It's Russo. It's it's nineties crash car crash wrestling. This was not a long plan match. I can tell you that with absolute certainty. There you go. It, it, you, obviously, it wasn't because they could have announced this on Dynamite. Yep. After you do the whole matchup with Kingston and Yuta and Claudio wax away, you could have just put up the graphic right there. Yep. But you could tell how haphazardly this was put together that he didn't announce it until after the show was off the air. Yep, that's where we are. <laughs> that's uh... <laughs> He's got 47 people on this booking team right now, and we're still booking by the seat of our pants for these pay-per-views. Crazy. Crazy. Uh, we got Negro Buggy says, I'll go with Eddie and Shabata. We got uh, Negro Buggy says, yeah, that would have been a better plan, SP3. Yeah, no, it doesn't surprise any of us. I am going to go with uh, Eddie and Shabata as well, only because... I called for Blackpool Combat Club to win Stadium Stampede, and they lost for some reason. So I'm definitely not choosing them when they don't have Moxley with them. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, Wheeler's there to take the pin here, isn't it? It's not going to be Shibata either, is it? So it's got to nah. be. No, you got to protect all have the, you seen the Shibata three other club? champions. Have I? I'm trying to think. That will be cool. Damn, I don't, I don't think I have. Mm. Yeah, that was a great yeah, when he came out at Red Pro on Saturday. It was like, oh, I'd forgotten Huge what this felt like. Pop. Really cool, 
mm. huge pop for him at Rev Pro. I, I really enjoyed that match with ELP and uh, Gabe, him and Gabe Kidd going at it. it was great. It was great mm. stuff. Uh, this one is another one that was made this past Wednesday that feels very much thrown together as you have the AEW World Tag Team Champions, FTR, teaming with their opponents from AEW all in the Young Bucks to first Bullet Club goals, Switchblade Jay White, Rock Hard, Juice Robinson, Fully Cocked, Colton Gunn, and all the bars, Austin Gunn. <laughs> These guys uh, basically got into a confrontation following FTR beating the Bucks at All In with the Bullet Club Gold challenging FTR and the Bucks together. FTR and the Bucks as a foursome are 0-2 in, ta in tag team action when they team together. Seems like we're leading to that as well here. I'm going to go with Bullet Club Gold to get the victory. But mm. I will say this is another instant where the other option was a lot better of doing FTR versus the Young Bucks versus Bullet Club Gold in a three-way for the tag team titles. That could have main evented the show. Have you, have you considered applying to Tony Khan for a booking job because you're doing a better job than him right now? <laughs> like, yeah, I didn't even thought of that. That makes so much sense. Why not? Like, why not do that? Like, because... I I would I know you loved FTR books on on the uh, on on All In. I wasn't quite there with you, but I loved FTR and the and um, Jay White and uh, and Chief Robinson. Like yeah. so, if you add them to the mix, absolutely. Fuck, why aren't we doing that? Um, now I'm just annoyed. <laughs> like, because <laughs> that's the wouldn't it be the easiest thing in the world if you got two pay views a week apart to either do rematches or do slightly different versions of the match you did, which would be. And say it's a new team. Absolutely, that'll be the one. I, I, I assume Jay White is going over here. I assume the reason this match is happening is to set up that like a tag match with those guys, either it's two on two or three way. But yeah, that sounds way better. This is, as Nikki Boys said in the chat, there a dynamite ass main event. Like, <laughs> and and just literally just ah, should we have a match? Okay, like that's the extent of the storytelling and booking that's been put into this one. It's. It's a waste of a, lot of, of a lot of talent there, isn't it? On a show that needed prestigious matches. Like, even Jay White, if you weren't going to do... You could do FTR on the books again, maybe. Jay White could be in a single somewhere. Where's Hangman Page? We can get into that maybe at some point. Um, I thought I thought the whole trios match was going to set up more Jay yeah. White and Hangman. I was like, that's two guys who are, like, upper mid-card to main event. Whoever wins could have just been propelled into the main event scene very easily on this show. I 100% said that before all yeah. And I was like, I hope this is leading to Hangman and Jay White at all out. But here we are, and Hangman's not on the card. Again, that's a, that's that that's an evergreen statement, though, isn't it? That could be every dynamite this year. Like it's crazy. Dude, I felt like he was back after Revolution when he beats Moxley. And any mm. even times during the BCC Elite feud, he felt like still felt like a star. But it seems like ever since that feud ended, they don't know what they're doing with him. No idea. Like, Saturday, you had so much momentum coming off Revolution as well, and now we're almost six months later, and here we are. Like, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, he was one at All In when he came out. It was like, he got a good reaction, but you can't help but think his star level. Like, I don't really think of him as a main eventer in AW anymore. I think of him as a really, you know, an over for his level upper mid-carder, because he's lost so much momentum. It's momentum, it's, hard, it's, easy, it's hard to gain, easy to lose, isn't it? And yeah, that's where he is at this point.
100% agree with you there. We got Negro Bug who says, uh, I'm going with the Bang Bang Gang. He also says, to be fair, Benel, Tony Khan 100% watched <laughs> this other channel. He stole it a couple of SP3's ideas. Santana and Ortiz, I still hold by that. That was my idea. I called that weeks Santana before they Ortiz came or, uh... Offset and uh, and Quavo like those guys fucking hate each other. Jesus Christ! Can we talk about that? Have you seen that? <laughs> it's my favorite analogy right now. Like, look at their Twitter accounts. Ortiz is desperately trying to trying to like he's tagging him in posts and you know sharing photos of both of them. Santana won't even retweet a tweet that has Ortiz's at in it. That's where the beef is right now. You won't even make eye contact with them when they're in the ring. This is like it's them two doing the uh, the reunion. Was it the BET Awards? It's the same thing. They got they got a one off. We got the one off reunion, and now like yeah, we're back to hating each other. That's what's happening. We're going our separate ways, and it's crazy because the way Conan describes it is that. Santana was just frustrated with where they, where they were, and Ortiz is very cool. So all this social media stuff, it just fits in line with what he said, that Ortiz still wants to be friends with them, still considers them like his tag team partner, and Santana's just like, no, I'm on my own now. <laughs> I'm Mike Santana. No one name anymore. <laughs> he ate the original Santana, I think. Jesus Christ. Yeah, they don't, like you can see it on screen. You won't even look at him. You won't even look in his direction. It's Oh man, it's horrible, and I and I love Migos as well. So that one makes me really sad. This one makes me sad too because I love LAX. Absolutely agree with you there. Uh, Frantic mm. World say I can't wait to see this match, but it's funny that Punk's best friends has to work with the Bucks that super kick his door down. I I was one hundred percent when this match was made. I was like Tony Khan, you think you're slick? Mm. You're putting the Bucks with the Bucks friends in Chicago on a oh, show that Punk is it on? Oh my God, I can't wait! That's what I'm looking forward That's to the most from this match is the reaction from the fans. Mm. <laughs> Yo, Bullet Club Gold are gonna be the biggest baby faces of the. I I love those guys. I would entertain any of those guys. Like I, I've never, I was never a Juice Robinson fan. Never liked the Guns, but as a whole. That stable's fucking great. And they are so entertaining. They are going to get cheered 100%. It's coming. Yes, yes. They're they're awesome. I, I said it before. They're this generation DX. You have Jay as Hunter, Juice as X-Pac, and the Guns mm. as the Outlaws. And Card mm. Blade is China. Nicky <laughs> 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 well, <laughs> Boy saying, dude, a three-way match would have definitely been better. For sure, could have main evented the show. Uh, he also says, I for sure would have thought uh, Jay White would have a singles match at All Out, and Hangman isn't even on the card. He's wrestling Brian Keith on uh, Rampage. So, I guess that's enough. I guess he's performing in Chicago. Oh, that's all he man. wanted. It's crazy. What's the explanation? I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Like that, that should be that was the thing about all in. It was like Hangman Page, John Moxley, Kenny Omega. They're, they're th three of your four top guys. They should be in big singles matches for your big pay per views. You don't have that many. Like, how are we in this world where he's just, he's a guy who's in the background? It's crazy. And it just like, it would have made so much more sense if they would have went with what it looked like was the original idea of you wanted to do Kenny and Takeshita here. So you had to do some type of multi-man matchup because Kenny and Brian was the original idea, which I think, I think, I don't think even think the Brit fans would have been complaining if that was announced no and on that card. I mean, we found a way, but 
probably not. You know, you know what, like, <laughs> but it, after that, you wanted to do like a tag team match to lead into to all out. The simplest yeah. thing would have been Takeshita and Jericho versus the Golden Lovers. Golden yes. Lovers reuniting for the first time in front of eighty thousand. Like mm. that yeah. sells itself. Even even if Obushi is like, I don't. I don't know. He's been replaced. He's been. He, that's his doppelganger. It's very slow doppelganger. That's oh, not the Obushi right. that that we. If I'd never seen him wrestle in New Japan, I would think that guy fucking sucks. Like, like that is that <laughs> the guy we've. If we're just talking the guy we've seen on AEW, like his timing's bad. He's in the way. Like he's just bad. <laughs> like he's not been good at all. It's crazy. He's he's hitting his own uh, Hall of Fame candidacy. I think with this AEW run. What's going on? Yeah, it just doesn't seem like he's worked the rust off. Quite no, yet. not at all. And, and no. you can't do that with two matches and then four months off and then coming into AEW. He yeah. should have had more matches on the independent scene before he came into AEW to work the rust off yep. some more. But mm-hmm. I think that that would have been better, though, than, than the multi-man match. And then find something for Hangman to do with Bullet Club Gold. And if you wanted to start Bullet Club Gold in the Elite, it could have been just Hangman versus Jay White at All In. Mm, I'll take that. But, but hey, here we are. Uh, <laughs> let's go into the next matchup. Can we just uh, keep previewing here. our own card instead of the one that exists? Let's just make our own two fancy bookings. Like, like, it sounds way better. This, this is the actual match. Here's the match we would have done, and I'm going to do it again. <laughs> you know, we've got the Ring of Honor World Television <sighs> Championship up for grabs. Samoa Joe defending against Shane Taylor. Shane Taylor won the Eliminator Tournament last uh beating gravity to earn this opportunity although you would not know that at all if you just watched dynamite when they announced this match because they didn't even acknowledge the fact that Shane taylor won a tournament to earn this opportunity they just showed jane taylor's promo without context from ring of honor last week which you needed the context to make this work but hey here we are now wouldn't this whole car be better? And wouldn't we still be talking about All In being the biggest wrestling event of all time and not what happened backstage if Tony Khan would have just left Punk off the show completely, do Joe versus Zack Sabre Jr. in Zack Sabre Jr.'s home country, that match you were building on Ring of Honor, if you want to bring a match you were building on Ring of Honor to AEW pay-per-view, Joe versus Zack in Wembley Stadium would have fit the build and keep Punk completely off Wembley Stadium and put him on Chicago. I think that would have caused a, a lot less issues for you, but... Not in the UK, mate. We would have all came I, I know, I know you would. I, I, I looked at your face and I was like, I know there's a lot of you fans that love Punk. They would have found a way. For Punk, but let's be honest here. Punk spent a total of five minutes in five weeks talking about a Samoa Joe feud. He's been spending more time talking about Ricky Starks, Jay White, this person, yeah, that true. person, real world champion. He could have been in on that card against anyone other than Joe. And you could yeah. have done Joe and Punk in Chicago where their rivalry started to end the rivalry. Yeah. We said we, we were saying that on Grapple Eden in. Like, I'm, you know, big Punk Joe guy, but that would have made more story. Probably would have made more story sense for punk not to beat joe in a meaningless tournament three months ago but that's that's just believing that we're you know we, we actually plan things um in this world apparently we don't but yeah absolutely that they could have done that punk could have worked they say any of the six other people he's currently feuding with jay white ricky starks dare i say mjf well probably not that one but you know <laughs> yeah that could have worked. but this match it's like i don't like turning on shane taylor because i think that guy's fucking awesome like that guy deserves this spot 
But that guy hasn't been built up. Like you say, and it's a key distinction on AEW TV for this spot. When you have a roster of how many wrestlers does AEW have? Like 200? Like, you you can't just randomly put Shane Taylor in this spot. Like, you've had time to heat somebody up to have him in this spot on AEW TV. And the moment you don't choose to do that... You can't, you can't, you can't do this. This is like it's it does a disservice to Shane Taylor. I think he's. I reckon on the night they're going to kill it, and maybe we'll forget all of this and forget that it was a, a half baked idea to put him in there. But yeah, this one just had me he- scratching my head. Plus, Joe TV champ, who's now lost to Punk twice, and you know, Punk apparently Punk doesn't care about the ROH TV belt, so that doesn't really help things either. Does it? You know, beat him twice doesn't even want a title shot. Um, yeah, and now we've got this instead. But you're right. I, I heard that from people who watch the ROH TV. This has actually been well built for ROH, not for AW. Yeah, like they actually did the work in building up Shane Taylor. And I mean, I should feel excited for this matchup. I know the match is going to deliver. It's two big meaty men slap a beat. And Joe is coming off oh. of his best match in AEW at, mm. with some with CM Punk. I thought he felt renewed, revitalized in that matchup. Shane Taylor is so underrated. So I really am looking forward to him having this opportunity. We've had him on the channel. Love that he's getting this chance. But AEW just could have done more to make this feel for the people that don't watch Ring of Honor television. You could have built this up in a better way. Yeah. But you know what's going to happen? You'll be at the uh, the scrum and Tony Carnell's, you know, it'll be like four in the morning. But Tony Carnell spend an hour explaining the ca- the head cannon that he's come up with as to why this, this story meant so much. And it meant so much to have this match in Chicago. There'll be a story there. He just hasn't told it on TV. That's it. That's it's like, it's like, and you know, Ultimo and Joe has such a great relationship with the city of Chicago. It was here in Chicago last year at All Out 2022 <laughs> that he returned to the company, got a big reaction then. So I knew that I put him in the ring with a guy of Shane Taylor's talent, who's very talented, who was one of the mainstays of Ring of Honor before I bought it. I thought it would be a great job and a great match, and it was. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're looking at the door going, dude, it's 3 a.m. Like, let me go. <laughs> I can't wait to be at home watching that. (laughs) Exactly. I can't wait to wake up the next day and watch that. (laughs) Speaking of Ring of Honor, that's not the only Ring of Honor championship up for grabs on this show as Better Than You, Bay Bay, MJF, and Adam Cole will make their first defense of, of the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships against the winner of the ROH Tag Team Battle Royale on Rampage tonight. Now you have you have a chance to pause this, wait 10 seconds, and then press live as I'm about to spoil the winner. It's three, two, one. It's the fucking dark order, ladies and gentlemen. It is John Silver and Alex Reynolds against MJF and Adam Cole on a fucking pay-per-view. This rampage-ass tag team title match in pay-per-view. And how? How does Tony Khan Khan make this the match for this pay-per-view? When Matt Taven and Mike Bennett, with that segment with Roderick Strong and Adam Cole, was the highlight of your go-home show. Yep. The game that we're robbed. What are we doing? (laughs) They're right. They're right. They're not even in the battle royal, are they? Like they're right no. there. That makes so much sense. Again, like it, if your plan A 
was I, I I'm always mean about the Dark Order because I was fuming when I when it came out the plan A for All In was Dark Order versus the Young Bucks or whatever the match was going to be like I can't believe that was ever a plan I can't believe this was ever a plan like I get it MJF and Adam Cole are hot you didn't want to do the turn at All In so you couldn't justify the rematch at All Out still think you might because I think based on Wade Keller's report and that was the original plan I don't agree with scrapping that as a plan A I think I'd still find a way to get there. But your plan I, B. I 100% I've enjoyed better than you, Bebe. But I said yeah. before all in, I was like, the best possible result of that pay-per-view main event is Adam Cole turning heel and winning the AEW World Championship. And because that sets up MJF on the chase. And to mm. be the genuine baby face, the fans then have sympathy for MJF, who's been cold and heartless this entire time, but finally became a friend. And then that friend betrays him and then teams up with his old friends. Like it just made a whole bunch of sense to set up the all out main event as well. So by just staying the course and staying them together, here we are with the worst possible option to face them on this card. Why why give the kingdom all that TV time if you're not gonna do it? Like and again, it's bad it's a bad plan A. It's a bad bad plan B because like <laughs> if you're not doing MJF Cole to go to the Dark Order is a horrendous plan B. But it's an even worse plan C because we're in a situation with a pay-per-view that doesn't have a main event and your world champion is gonna be there. And instead of being like, fuck guys, you know what? We can't actually get away with this anymore. We need to come up with something creative. We need to have them against a higher ranking team. I don't know, the Young Bucks FTR or like just somebody in the kingdom, like, like you say. Like dude, anyone. I, I said better than you, baby, versus Young Bucks. After all in, I was like, baby. if you want a matchup that Chicago's gonna eat up of an obvious these this team Chicago's gonna hate. Versus this team Chicago's going to love, it's better than you, Bebe, versus the Young Bucks. You could not. And you, you can't don't. Can't justify. Can't just. In the situation we're in, with uh, Antony Khan can blame, you know, sickness and he can blame the punk fight and all of that stuff. With the situation you're in, you have to pivot. You have to come up with it with, with ideas on the fly. You can't stick to your world champion facing the Dark Order. And as you've said, SP3, traditionally your biggest pay per view of the year. Like at that this point, that is a no go. And it's still happening. Wild. Wild. <laughs> we got Frantic Rail said, so it's weird that Dark Order is facing Adam Cole and MJF, but they have been really good on ROH, but it should have been the kingdom 100%. I mean, they've been really good on ROH, but it felt like they were building more towards the six-man tag team titles because they were in a three, four-month-long feud with the Righteous where they beat the Righteous in a Fight Without Honor trios matchup. So the logical thing after Death Before Dishonor was Evil, Silver, and Reynolds versus Mogul Embassy for the six-man titles. And then we're just... They just go over here to the ROA tag team titles. Like, it's it's a twofold. I'm complaining as someone who watches Ring of Honor every week, and I'm complaining as someone that is going to this pay-per-view that this is not worthy of being on this show. No, not at all. It's not that we've said, we've said that this wouldn't main event. How many matches we called, like, that'll be a Dynamite main event? I don't think it's a main event Dynamite. <laughs> like, this would be yeah. a fun opener to lead into an Adam Cole and MGF promo segment that built something better. Like, this is not even a Dynamite main event. That's what this is. Uh, we got Rebecca says, even if Cole didn't win, I still think that he should have turned heel either way. He also says, look at Dark Order being in title matches for back-to-back -back all outs. I forgot they were in the trios finals with Hangman oh, last year. Oh, that's that. <laughs> 
Oh, loves a good tradition, Tony Khan, doesn't he? Against he does! He, you know that's what he's gonna say to when he talks yep. about this match in the you know, Yep, 100%. Tiller and Reynolds were in the finals of the Trios <laughs> tournament last year, and then they made it here to the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships, and you know, yep. they have such a history with Chicago <laughs> that I just wanted to acknowledge that on this favorite view. Oh, they're gonna do they'll win like, like, based on the way Tony Khan thinks they could win, like, if they could, could find a way. <laughs> like, and it, oh, and you know what he's also gonna say? You know, it also plays in, you know, Silver and Reynolds had a long storyline with Adam Cole on being the elite, so uh, them beating him to win their first gold in uh, Ring of Honor in AEW, I think it was a great job, a great, a great, great move here. Yeah, thanks, Tony. It's now five a.m. Um, yeah, that's pretty much how that's going. <laughs> I am going to go with better than you, Bebe, here, but I one hundred percent agree with Benno. No. I could see Dark Order winning. Yeah, I'll I'll go with that with with better than you, Bebe, but I won't rule it out. I don't think it's a given. One hundred percent agree. Now we got the only women's match as of this recording for AEW All Out. Is going to be Chris Statlander defending the TBS championship against Ruby Soho. Um, this match kind of came out of nowhere as well. Uh, Ruby Soho had a matchup with Sky Blue before the match. She says that she was aiming for the TBS championship with Soraya and Tony Storm going after the AEW Women's World Championship at All In. Uh, she then made the challenge. Chris Statlander accept. They've gotten involved in different matches over the last couple of weeks, but this match has only been built up for like two, three weeks, maybe possibly. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I mean, I think it's going to be a good match. They had a great match on that rampage before Double or Nothing last year. I think it could be a good matchup, and I'm going to go with the the result that I feel would make the best storyline sense to give me the best entertainment possible. I am going with Ruby Soho to beat Chris Statlander. So Soraya and Ruby Soho have gold. And flawed movie star Marilyn Monroe, Tony Storm, is the only like outcast that. member left with no gold. I like that. Yeah. T- how great Tony Storm been? I hated that. When she, yes. did, when she did that gimmick, I was like, what's she fucking doing? Um, especially when she was doing it to the press. But it's really worked. Um, God bless that. It's uh, Yeah, it's a win. Yeah, that would make sense. It, it might explain why the matches come a little bit out of nowhere. Um, uh, poor Chris Statlander got flown to the UK, didn't she, to run down the aisle, take what did she take one elbow or whatever it was, and then left again? Like, <laughs> oh, Ruby, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was it. I was like, I was like, this match could have been on all in on the zero hour. You had mm, an hour, sorry, Ruby, yeah. hour and mm. a half that you didn't mm. take on the zero hour. You could have put this on the zero hour, but yeah, hey, it's here. Hopefully, it gets time. Yeah, my prediction is a good match as three wins. I'll go Chris Statlander, just go the opposite, but I can't say I care. <laughs> we got uh, Negro Buck here who says, I'm going to go uh, Ruby Soho. That would just amp up the dramatic Tony Storm stuff, and I want to see that. He also says, Wembley went tits up. That promo on Dynamite mm-hmm. was one of the best parts of Dynamite. Really, when tits up, I can't trust anyone. <laughs> I can't trust Ruby. I can't trust Saraya. I can't trust these shoes. She's great. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Uh, next up, we got another title match here. Not TBS, but TNT Championship up for grabs as Luchasaurus will defend on on the behalf of the official AEW TNT Champion Christian Cage against Darby Allen. Now, finally, here we are, Benno, seven matches in, 
And this is actually a match that they actually built up, but mm. the challenger was also building up a matchup for All In at the same time. So yep. it's like it's like half and half, but this actually feels like it's been well, built up. Darby mm. won uh, the Royal Rampage on the rampage following blood and guts to earn this opportunity. He's been basically feuding with Christian and Luchasaurus over on collision. He defeated Christian two weeks ago on collision, and now he gets his shot at Luchasaurus. Who do you think walks out with the TNT championship? I think Darby, and I think it's a good match. I, I, like you say, there's been builds, but the other problem on top of what you've just said as well is the heat in Darby beating Luchasaurus, or is it in him beating Christian? That's the other problem here. Like they had the Christian match on Collision, it was great. That more felt like the blow off to this feud rather than Luchasaurus. But you know, Darby's gonna have wacky ideas in there with big guy. You know, it'll, it'll be really good. The only thing I wonder about is if the reason and the reason I think Darby's winning. Is this Christian going to move away from this heel stick? If Edge is coming in, are we doing something in that direction? Are we separating them off? I don't know. Like maybe he's a heel and him and Edge do another feud, or maybe he sees the error of his ways and becomes a team with him. Like that's got to be in his near future too, hasn't it? So I love this Christian act as well. I wish it. I mean, I hate Edge, so there's two reasons why I wish Edge wasn't coming in. But like the main reason is, yeah, I don't want this Christian act to end. Like for Edge to come in and sit on a chair and do some amateur dramatics and uh, go to that place and ruffle his hair in his face, you know. <laughs> Let's hope we're not getting that Edge when he comes in. But I think Christian's probably going to get set up to do something with him, isn't he? Like you would assume, but coming up. So yeah, I think Darby's got to go over. Yeah, I think Darby, uh, I also agree, Darby wins the TNT Championship. Mainly, I'm saying that as kind of the same reason I said Ruby Soho winning Chris Tyler, is I want the entertainment. I want the entertainment of Christian of Luchasaurus losing the TNT Championship so Christian could say, I never got beaten for my title. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I want that. That's what I want. So I And I also agree, yeah, he's probably going to get be prepping for Edge's arrival in AEW. So, yeah, I think it's the right time. But I hope they're still a heel because I don't feel a babyface Adam Copeland is long for this world in AEW. So no. I would like, if they are going to have a tag team run, that they start it at least as heels. Mm -hmm. Especially if, if the goal, I know the goal, because I was told this like six months ago, and I just started saying it on here after, you know, the reports came out that I've heard that for six months, Edge has a pat with FTR to do Edge and Christian versus FTR. With FTR being firmly babyfaces, you don't have to turn Christian babyface. You could keep him heel, uh, and, and, and Edge just comes along with him, basically. Yeah, that might be something more to get a sink his teeth into as well. Coming to AEW, he might maybe recognize that some of the AEW fans might not necessarily want him there. So, yeah, there could be something to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we got here a couple of comments to feature here. We got Negro Buck. He says, I'm going to be honest. I don't care about this match at all. I'm going to go with Luchasaurus because what does winning back the TNT title even do for Darby at this point? It seems that that elevate, that always seems to kind of reignite him because I feel like sure. he was at his hottest during his first run. Then this run earlier this year, it felt like the TNT title was back after the matches with Joe and, and Darby. So anytime they yeah, put right. him back, the TNT title feels revitalized. And it feels like this right now is like the Joe run before Darby won the title in January, where Joe mm. was just bringing the TNT back out of the doldrums. That's what it felt like what Christian has been doing as of late. Yeah. But Darby is going to be the one that actually defends it and makes it a mainline title again. So 
that's why I want Darby to win. Yeah, it's that situation, isn't it, where the belts... Darby definitely elevates the belt, but in a way it elevates him too. Um, it means he's on Dynamite more frequently as a singles guy. Yeah, I think I'm happy to see it again. I know it's kind of history repeating, but I would like to see Darby move further up the card at some point. I'll take that, absolutely. Yeah, it, they kind of messed up the fact that, you know, MJF is a babyface now because I thought heel MJF, Darby's the perfect one. Darby beating him with the headlock takeover to win the mm. AEW World Championship. I thought that was the end of the MJF run, but it seems like we're probably going to hit a heel Adam Cole ending this run. Most likely, yeah. Uh, we also got here uh, Negro Buck with a question. He says, if he is coming to AEW, when do we think Adam Day's views? That's interesting because I think ideally you need, this weekend needs something, so you'd want it this weekend. But I'm guessing contractually that's that's not a, not a possibility. Probably to go with a pay per view or Arthur Ashe. I think Arthur Ashe. Or, yeah, I think you'd wait yeah. as long as Full Gear. Obviously, there's the Wrestle Dream show coming up. Yeah, Arthur Ashe is probably the place, isn't it? Um, although, yeah, depends on is, is he going to be a collision guy because they might need the guy on that roster, might they? Yeah, they do. They do because Collision's kind of been struggling the last two, three weeks. Where it's just like yeah. you know you're getting your Ricky Stark fun segment. You know you're getting Bang Bang Gang. You know you're getting Punk. But outside of that, there's the show is kind of like formula got old, didn't it? It's like oh, there's 30 minutes left. Is it the main event? Oh, okay, yeah. If it's been feeling a little rampage these last couple of weeks since uh, Punk hasn't been loving it so much, yeah, they need it needs something like it really does. I don't know if it's I don't know if Edge is the answer, but I think they might think that. Hey, shot in the arm. Now we got mm. another match here that a lot of people are looking forward to, and I think in the ring this might be the best in ring matchup of the night as it's going to be Kenny Omega going one-on-one -on -one with Kanosuke Takeshita with Don Callis in his corner. It was back at Double or Nothing 2023 that Kanosuke Takeshita turned heel, uh, betraying Kenny Omega and the elite to cost them the anarchy in the arena. Takeshita then joined up with the Blackpool Combat Club at Forbidden Door and Blood and Guts, coming up short on both occasions to the elite in some combination, especially with Blood and Guts, where Takeshita bailed when it seemed like it was too much against the Blackpool Combat Club. Takeshita got a measure of revenge by uh, jumping over. Omega along with Bullet Club Gold uh, before All In to set up the trios matchup and then pinned Kenny Omega at All In in that great trios matchup in Wembley Stadium. And now we get finally the one-on-one -on -one match between these two guys. My only question is, why doesn't Tony Khan realize Kenny Omega is one of the top stars in the company and that he needs a segment to build this storyline and this match should feel a whole lot bigger than what it does. And it would be if he actually knew Kenny Omega is one of the best wrestlers to ever step foot in the ring and one of his biggest stars. It just doesn't seem like he gets that. When you no. literally are doing like a backstage interview with him, like leaving the building to announce he's you had an interview to announce he's having an interview that where he got jumped. Like this is a lack of creativity. Put him in the ring. Like yeah. put him in. And he, Kenny Omega, in my eyes, is averaging five stars every time he's had a singles match this year. He's had two six-star matches with Will Ospreay, had a five-star match with Vikingo, four and a half with Vikingo and AAA, four and a quarter with Cobb, uh, four and three quarters with Moxley. Why isn't he having more singles matches when you see the level of quality he this puts out thing. there? 
this is the thing we were, I think, speaking on behalf of the Brits, maybe not all the Brits, We one of the things we were most mad about all in in the build was we where was our Kenny Omega singles match? Because that is an important thing in AEW, and the pushback you would get from people is, well, you know, he's banged up, he can only do so many. Cool. Do the limited ones he can in the most important places, like the biggest fucking show they'll ever do, and like this pay-per-view that needs one, in fairness, where they've they given it, like, you know, he's had great Dynamite matches this year, like you say, he's done stuff in AAA, but if you can only do limited singles matches, Tony Khan needs to have a plan of action, oh, okay, I'm going to get the best out of Kenny I can, because... I think Hangman Page is probably the most misused wrestler in AEW, but Kenny, like the amount of times, like you say, he gets thrown in a six man or the whole trios run. This is the biggest star in the company. He got the probably the biggest reaction at all in, or at least up there in the in the top one or two for the for all the reasons that you say. Um, and we do, we need more of this. We need more of main event Kenny Omega because I think they're gonna probably put these guys on last. I don't know, maybe the one the one we're gonna talk about in a minute might be last, but. It's Kenny Omega in a singles match. That's a big deal. Like he need, he just needs more screen time on his own. Like get him away from you know the books and and all of that stuff. A lot of what Carlos has been saying in the builds of this match is true. Kenny does rely on that, and the geeks that follow him around and stuff like that. I would love Kenny Omega to be presented as the big single star we all know he can be. Um, and yet this feud is like it's one of those where it's been built for a long time, but has it been built well? And I think you're right. I think the answer is answer is no. There's been fleeting great examples. Don Callis has done great work. Takeshita has been a great heel. But it's like it's one of those future book in book in EWR where you've just left it too long to do the match and the and the heat has kind of dissipated from the match just that little bit. Still going to be great in the ring, bell to bell. Could be a four and a half star plus match. They'll probably get the crowd going again, but it doesn't feel like the peak of the feud. This could be. Yeah, it feels like you could probably do more matches after this, mm. but do you want to if you're going to get the same level of uh, freaking quality? Uh, Annika saying the go-home angle needed more. Couldn't be more because Kenny couldn't make it to Dynamite. So I can't even – I'm not I'm not judging this. Um, not, any of my criticism has nothing to do with the go-home angle. The go-home angle, that was out of their control. But they did have what? the last four months to build up to this because because the cash turned in may so they had yeah. four months to build with this so this is not a criticism of the go home angle they had no control over it's the three months prior to that that they could have mm. done more and it's the fact that don Callis basically used him to build the jericho osprey feud that he never needed to be a part of after that go home promo between the two where they established that the issue is between osprey and jericho why is don Callis even fucking here i i thought the only way don Callis made sense was if we were going to jericho to cash i was like oh to cash don's guy so we're doing that and then we get kenny osprey i still thought that even the week before rolling and then we got what we got um you're up to, and that, that was the thing in the uk as well osprey was the biggest baby face i've ever seen like it was i was almost emotional watching it being like fuck eighty thousand people are cheering will osprey's name here this is like i, I never would have imagined that and then had a heel manager in his corner why why? <laughs> like, because Jericho's back to being a heel again now, anyway. None of that makes any sense, does it? Um, but again, the ceiling for this match is extremely high. This is if Kenny's one of the best wrestlers in the world to catch that on the down low, 
is also like this could be phenomenal. This could really. Good. I, I think that this is going to be the match that opens people's eyes to just mm. how good Kanosuke Takeshita is. And mm. yeah, this is another reason why I don't understand why he doesn't give Kenny Omega time. He's a good, great, good, good to great talker as well. Especially if you do a pre-tape, he's great at those pre-tapes. So mm. you could have cut like, just a great promo to to build things up. I like the interview, the sit-down interview that they did, where they like showed clips of him and Takeshna from DDT because that established we never really were given an answer from Don Callis because he just spent like three weeks cutting the same promo because it was getting yeah. a big reaction. We never got the explanation of why you chose Takeshna to be your guy in replace of Omega. But Omega explained it in the sit-down interview that he was basically kind of mentoring Takeshita. So that's why Don picked him, because that would hurt Omega the most. But mm. we have we only were told that in an interview right before a beatdown angle, so it made you forget about that part. They could have reestablished yeah. that in the promos after. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing. Some of the best stuff in this has either been forgotten or was an age ago. It's just been really poorly plotted out. That's the that's the biggest thing about this, and that's me loving every character in this. Don Carlos is brilliant. Takesh is fantastic. Omega's fantastic. It's but you got to call a spade a spade. Yeah, we, we, this is no type of criticism to anyone involved in the angle. It's just the booking of the angle. This should feel bigger, and that yeah. is why I think this will be the main event. Because I will say. They did not do a good job of planning out the all-out card on this week's Dynamite. The one match they did no. build up very, very well was this one. Orange Cassidy will defend the AEW International Championship against John Moxley. This one has pretty much been building since blood and guts. Ever since Blackpool Combat Club finished up with the Elite and the Golden Elite, they've had their eyes on other kind of kind of goals in AEW and found themselves in the crossfire of best friends and Orange Cassidy with Orange Cassidy laying out Claudio Casanoli with an orange punch back at death before dishonor it was john moxley who got revenge for bcc and attacked orange cassidy this led into the stadium stampede where orange cassidy pulled the sticky bandits getting the glass on his hand <laughs> and scored the pin over claudio castanoli which gave him two victories over really yuda a pinfall victory over claudio castanoli there was only one man from the bcc left for him to beat and after defeating Penta El Zero Mero in an awesome main event on Dynamite, he gets that opportunity. Moxley says everyone has, has titles, has their catchphrase, has their hashtags. He's all about being the dog with the biggest bite. Meanwhile, Orange Cassidy says he will keep defending the international championship regardless of what Moxley says because he's Orange Cassidy and he doesn't have a catchphrase. Put it on a t-shirt. <laughs> This match, they did a great job of building this up on Dynamite this week. They did the work prior to that, which just felt like the logical matchup to do on this card. But I honestly feel my prediction is the best thing to do where you get the most out of this matchup is this is Orange Cassidy's last successful title defense. I feel like this is the cherry on top. Of one of the greatest mid card title uh, mid card title reigns I think we've ever seen as far as and especially as far as establishing a title. This is some of the best work AEW has ever done. And in lieu by establishing this title, 
they have firmly established in my mind. I talked about it on AV Ramble. I will say it here. Orange Cassidy is the biggest homegrown star in AEW, not named MJF at this point. Yep. You need the cherry on top of this reign. Him beating Moxley and then eventually, uh, like the next defense, losing it. I feel like he needs to beat Moxley to really put the stamp on this reign. Absolutely. I've, you've told me. Like, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know who he loses it to then, but yeah, I think most, because I think most people are just assuming Moxley wins this and this is the big end to, to Orange's uh, run. But I'd take that. I think for me, the biggest thing about, like, you know, I think we, I'm glad we've gotten a lot of our gripes in tonight's SV3, like, because there's a lot of problems with the booking of this show. It shouldn't be lost. I think when you book two pay per views back to back, you were asking for this to happen. I don't think the excuses wash from me. I think Tony Khan has done a poor job. We've said it. That's clear. Now, I think the narrative coming out of this pay-per-view is going to be about these two men. Because these these are the pillars. Like, if you want to yeah. say, even in the traditional sense, it's Orange Cassidy. But these are the two guys who have carried this company like over pretty much the entire run. These are the two most reliable wrestlers that Tony Khan comes back to again and again and again. Moxley, when he needs a world champion, somebody to step up, he always goes to him. Orange Cassidy, you can always rely on him. Every dynamite, pretty much, that you put him on, you're going to get a 15-minute great match. Like, he has been the in-ring MVP of AEW through this run. And I think it's actually, and to continue the joke, you know, it'll be 7 a.m. At, uh, at the press call, and Tony Khan will be telling us all of the things I just said and how amazing it is that Orange Cassidy and John Moxley, when the call came, save this pay-per-view because that's going to be the narrative coming out of this because these guys are going to main events they're going to absolutely kill it and they are the two most probably the two most important wrestlers in this company and it's almost poetic that we're getting it it's a shame that we're there it's a shame that you know circumstances have conspired and bad booking has conspired to get us here but that's going to be the story coming out of this i think they're going to kill it and i probably was going to go with orange Cassidy. Sorry, was going to go with Moxley, but I think you've sold me. I'll go with Cassidy as the win next. I think you're right. That will be poetic, and it will be a great reward for him for this incredible run. He's having this incredible title ring. And they can't go wrong either way, because you're either getting uh, Orange Cassidy with his biggest win yet, or you're getting Moxley ending this historic run. So yep. that's why I feel like this has to be the main event, because either either way, either per, either guy winning feels kind of big because mm -hmm. of how they've established this inter international championship. We got sure. Bell who says, I feel two great uh, mid-card runs in both companies of OC and Gunther is coming to an end soon. Gunther will lose at least at Fastlane. Don't worry, SP3. He got that record. He better get that record. That's all. Mm -hmm. I'm not living the rest. I've lived 35 years of my life with Hunky Tonk Man as the longest reigning Intercontinental <laughs> Championship. It ends this year. And I feel like this has been the year of the mid-card titles because, in my yeah. opinion, the best four title reigns in all of wrestling is Gunther, Orange Cassidy, Zack Sabre Jr. as the New Japan Pro Wrestling World Television Champion, oh. and Athena as the Ring of Honor Women's World Champion. Yeah, that's a good shout. Um, that's absolutely been the case. And I think it's weird because it's like the international title has taken over the TN title kind of in that like scenario. But we might have two if, like you say, if Darby wins and we and he gets another great run out of it. Maybe Darby and Orange Cassidy can, you know, converge and we can get something with those two guys at some point. But no, absolutely right. And it's been, it is, for a title that none of us wanted, 
for a title that none of us understood, what, what did Mid-Atlantic mean? We've all forgotten it used to be called that. Orange Cassidy has carried this thing. He really has, like, everything they give him. I think that go-home promo, promo on Dynamite just summed him up, didn't it? Like, when you yeah. when the chips are down, you go to a guy like Orange Cassidy, and he delivers a promo like that. I don't think it'll, it'll quite save the show. This is still going to be the case all out. But, like you say, the, the caveat's going to be, but don't you remember when Orange Cassidy and Moxley went out there and killed it? And I'm sure that's going to happen. Yeah, honestly, I like I said at the top of the show, I feel like the 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 expectations are so low because this mm. comes a week after All In that mm. these guys, the the performers itself, it's a lot like WWE pay per views. They yeah. always overcome the low expectations because their roster is so top notch. And like you said, Tony Khan has assembled one of the greatest rosters of all time, where mm. you can have one of your biggest stars like CM Punk off this card. And I think by the time the show ends on Sunday, where you're going to be like, it was a lot better than we thought it would be before. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. You can always rely on this roster, no matter what. They're going to bail Tony Khan out. But, you know, at some point that that, that streak's going to break. And at some point, maybe he needs to, to pull his weight as well. Facts. Well, Beto, that brings us to the close for this preview here. I want to thank you so, so much for joining me. Always one of my favorite people to talk to. And so glad I got to talk to you after you being in that historic Wembley Stadium for All In. But let the people know where they can follow you on social media, what you got going on, post-wrestling, Gravel Podcast. This man's busy. Let the people know. <laughs> so yeah obviously with the with the grapple podcast grapple spotlight um we are uh, live uh, every monday on our patreon but we've started putting the video version so if you enjoy uh, watching this on youtube the video version of our grapple podcast goes up on uh, on youtube on tuesday afternoons so uh, yeah check that out search grapple no e um on youtube and uh, give us a follow we are trying to uh, to build the youtube up that's kind of been a, a 2023 mission statement for us but yeah outside of that follow me on twitter at benson richard e and yeah patreon.com slash grapples where you can find all of our other stuff we do weekend previews bonus shows just the retro review of it all out from 2018 um all kinds of stuff over there patreon.com slash grapple indeed uh, check it out Benno's doing always great work that's why we always love having him over here and you can follow me on the twitter machine at true hill sp3 if you're gonna be in chicago and you want to say hi all i ask is for food you could buy me food. I'll take free. Yeah, you pictures. don't need drink looking behind you, man. You're looking stuffed. Like, what's oh, going on there? That's my friend. That's my friend. That's not me. That's not me. That's my room this weekend. It's my friend's bar, not my bar, but uh, I will be drinking this weekend. Gonna have <laughs> so a good bad. time. But yes, enjoy all the shows. Enjoy WWE Payback tomorrow. Enjoy All Out uh, on Sunday. And you, like I said, you could follow me on Facebook. X or uh, I think that's the only places at True Hill SP3. Uh, you can follow the gang Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at True Hill Heat. And of course, you could join me live tomorrow, 11:05 a.m. Eastern Time. The True Hill Heat flagship podcast, True Hill Heat 241, with myself, Miss Chrissy Love, Sober Guy JJ will be here in Chicago, Stat King will be here in Chicago, and we have special guests, All Elite Keeks, to talk about All In and all the AEW drama from this week. CM Punk, Jack Perry, all of that. 
And as well, we're going to have Kate from Fightful to talk about WWE ahead of Payback. Check out our all-in review from earlier this week. Also, check out our all-out watch party on Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And before tomorrow night, check out our WWE Payback preview from earlier this week with me and Romeo. For Benno, for all of you. It is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom SB3. This has been our AEW All Out 2023 preview. We are signing off until next time.